0: This podcast features discussions about finances and money, which are general in nature. For personal advice specific to your circumstances, see a licensed financial planner or relevant qualified professional. Hi folks, welcome along to another episode of Looking Under the Hood, where we are unpacking the money stuff. Today, I'm joined by Amanda Pond, who is a registered life planner and financial planner at Smart Financial, based in Nara, Wollongong?
1: Both offices.
0: Both offices. I love it. So you've got some nice coastal views. Anyway, I've invited Amanda along today because we've both done some pretty awesome training with the Kinder Institute of Life Planning around financial life planning, and often people have heard about life planners before or life coaches. I guess financial life planning is just a really powerful and amazing way to connect with yourself, but also with people around the money stuff. So welcome along, Amanda. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thanks for the invite. I definitely um, love our conversations that we have around the life planning side of things. So I think it should be an interesting um, conversation.
0: Definitely. And look, Amanda, I've been asking everybody who's joining me and and look, it is one of the questions that George goes through with the kinder training, but what's one of your early happy or early joyful memories around money?
1: I think probably for me, um, can you remember when you used to go to the shops and you could get like so many lollies and you get like two cents a lolly? Yeah, that's probably the earliest memory on money.
0: I love it. And what what was your favourite? Because I used to love the carob buds and the fruit balls or something, like the little carrot buds and the fruit balls that you used to be able to get for one and two cent piece. They
1: oh, were like apricot or something. Wow.
0: Yeah, they were. Now I'm having food cravings. See, this this is the power of money, isn't it? Like memories and and remembering that stuff it's actually pretty cool
1: i was the kid that wanted like i'll have five cents worth of that one and i'll have five cents worth of that one and i'd sort of take 20 minutes just to get my dollars worth of all these got to get variety. I
0: love it. <laughs> Diversification in motion oh, as, a, as a young <laughs> a young person. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. And through your lived experience so far, through the, the work you do as a, as a financial planner, what's one of the best money lessons that you've received in life so far? Have you got one that sort of comes up for you or sticks out?
1: Definitely. I think for me, I think where people go wrong with money is, you know, when you first like get a job and you just spend money Because you can. You don't have anything that you're saving for. Um, You just want to go out and have fun with friends. And then suddenly you want to buy a house. And all of a sudden you've got all this money to save to buy a house and you put it all aside and then finally you buy a house. (laughs) And you're like, "Wow, how did I waste all that money before? But then once you've bought a house, so many people have met that goal of we wanted a house and then they just let it grow. They don't actually set new goals or focus on anything in particular so then they just waste money because they don't have any particular reason or something that they're focused on to actually save for so when you don't know what's important to you you just waste money so I would say the biggest thing that I would say to people is never stop making goals when you achieve one thing create the next goal and set up what you need to do to achieve it because otherwise you'll waste your money on things that aren't important
0: to you. Yeah, definitely. That That's really powerful. And I, and I think even this week, I've spoken to a few clients this week around that very thing in that they've come in to see me. They're in their 40s. They're now going, okay, we bought the house. We now have, again, that law of comparison, which is probably a whole nother podcast episode on comparing ourselves to others, but comparing themselves to other people and then going, well, we feel like we should be doing more. We feel like we should be further ahead, have more investments, all those sort of things. So again, if you don't have the intention behind it, if you don't actually have that focus, then that's, um, as you say, can end up people going through that process and just um, wasting or, or not wasting, but maybe just spending money on the things that aren't as important Amanda, I guess that brings around to the training that we've done, like with the Kinder Institute of Life Planning. What was that process like for you? Because, I mean, you, you've done a, the full training more recently than I have, and I did it almost 15 years ago now. I don't want to make myself feel that old, but um, it's been a while. It's been a little while. It was life-changing for me because it actually gave me a different context and a different way of looking at things. But what was that experience like for you? I remember
1: I flew to London to do the the Evoke five-day core training course, and I remember I'd been flat out at the time, And I did the questions, the the training revolves around on the plane on the way to London. And I remember sitting there bawling my eyes out on the plane thinking, what idiot does this on a plane? Because for me, it was actually quite powerful having experienced it as a client to realise those things that were important to me that I'd sort of just pushed aside and I wasn't working towards them because there were obviously conflicts or things that maybe my partner didn't want as well or assumed they didn't want. And all of a sudden, I'm answering these questions and thinking, oh my gosh, why am I not doing this? I, these are the things that are really important to me. So for me, it was a huge eye-opener personally. And having felt the emotion that revolves around what we do, I just came back even more excited to work with clients about it because it just makes such a difference to people's lives from it and particularly couples that don't talk about what they want.
0: Yeah, exactly. and, and I think just creating that space and that time to do it and i will talk through what the three questions are or what the, the questions are that Amanda's talking about in a moment, but I, again, it's a similar approach and process because the training was that experiential training that sort of puts you in the, the shoes of a client and, and actually you are the client, so you're going through the process and I think that, and you probably attested this as well, Amanda, if, from a financial planning perspective, you actually then become very aware and mindful of what is this process like for this human being that's now sitting across the table from me or the human beings that are now sitting in my office? And I think it just allows you to show much more respect around the vulnerability, the other emotions that might be bubbling up for people, bearing their all in front of a financial planner and in a financial planner's office. So, Amanda, talking about the three questions that the Kinder Institute sort of uses around their training, should we unpack those? What are those three questions? Uh, So the first question
1: imagine that you are financially secure and that you have all the money you need for the rest of your life. How would you live your life? How would you change anything? What would you do? Let yourself go. Don't hold back on your dreams. Will you change your life and how will you do it? So that's the first question. I find that question pretty powerful. In Often I find sometimes clients answer that question with things that they think are just financially not achievable. That's an interesting one cuz sometimes those things are achievable.
0: And and it's it's really powerful because if we if we reflect on what it is and the intent behind those questions like Again, don't hold back on your dreams. It, again, depending on where you are in life, if you're younger, you might be like full of, oh yeah, I can dream, I can do anything. If you're I don't know, a bit way through life and you've had some trials and tribulations that have come up and realities of life that have come up, it might be harder for you to actually go there and say, well, what are my dreams? And again, if you're later in life, you might just go, oh, Scott, I've, I've done everything. Well, we, well, Amanda, I've done all my dreams. I've, I've done it all. So it's quite compelling or, or quite interesting to to go there and, and sit in that space and reflect and go, well, yeah, what are those things? What do I want to be doing?
1: I, uh, I once had a client actually say to me um, that she would love to do an art internship in France once she retired, but that was just not financially achievable. And we ended up building that into her plan and she was quite surprised that it was something that she could do. So, that's what I really love about this question. It just, it really opens up what's possible.
0: Yeah, that possibility is is really great. And and again, when you're looking at, I know, Amanda, I know you said the G word before the goals word. I feel that might be a little bit loaded at times, but again, hmm. I I am open to people talking about goals. But I guess the values in your heart of hearts, like that value stuff, like that's where it actually really connects the human element to the money side of things. And I think that's what's so powerful about that as well. And, and as you just said, like, if you're sitting down with someone and, and you go, oh, but it's not possible, like that it's in all those things that come in and go, oh, well, it's not possible. And that's so rich that you've been able to say, well, actually we work with clients and we can make that possible. Like it's actually quite amazing. So that's pretty powerful.
1: So the and- second question, this time you visit your doctor who tells you that you have only five to 10 years left to live. The good news is that you won't ever feel sick the bad news is that you will have no notice of the moment of your death. What will you do in the years you have remaining? Will you change your life and how will you do it?
0: Yeah, wow. And that mortality stuff is so huge. I guess it is that one guarantee we've all got. We've all got a, an expiry date on this planet and on this on this universe. So being able to I don't know, really take yourself there and go, well, yeah, okay, if I do have a, have a limited time. And Amanda, you've probably seen this as well with clients that, have had a range of health issues that might creep up and, and creep in as well, being able to sit there and go through that question and actually say, well, reality is I've, I've had that sort of a health scare or I've, I've had a, an event that helps me reset on that front. So that's quite powerful.
1: I think for me, for question two, this is a question that people sort of reflect on what they're doing in their life that's taking up all their time, that They really want to be doing something else often i find the answers to this tend to be along the lines of balance in their life i'm not sure if you find that as well but i find Mm -hmm. everyone's just trying to do everything and then when they sit and look at this it's like well i'd like to sort of cut back my hours a little bit or i'd like to achieve this in the business or this in my career but it all revolves around balance a lot of the time too
0: Yeah, definitely. And and again, question one, people might say, Yeah, I want to have connected holidays with family or I want to be able to take them to Disney World or travel to France or whatever it might be. But that question two, I think you're right, like it then becomes more about the relationships. And so it's more than around, okay, I want to spend more quality time with my kids or be able to be there for pickup in the afternoon or do different study or different things that might be there as well in that time potentially, the balance stuff.
1: And there's often a health focus. Even though there's that mortality, I find nearly everyone says something about their health and eating healthier or exercising or just because of the fact that there is that mortality and that thought that, hey, I might be able to prolong this a little bit if I actually look after myself.
0: Yeah, that, and, that, and that's really interesting because even like with clients on a daily basis, you probably do as, as well. But people often come up and say, "Oh, yeah, the the health stuff. I want to I want to get my financial life in order, but I'm also trying to I get my health health a bit more refined as well. Because it is, it's one of those things. I know personally, it's it's the first thing that goes. If I get busy in work and and doing other things my health and going to the gym or going for a run or doing the exercise that I know is good for me is often the first thing that disappears. And so, yeah, it's so hard to get that balance right, I think, just making sure that you do it because you're probably the same. like In your mind, I am such a different person if I don't exercise, like I get really down, I get like my brains all over the place, whereas if I exercise regularly, all the good endorphins come in and so you're you're actually um, filling yourself back up and, and allowing yourself to turn up and show up for everybody. So that's pretty cool.
1: Definitely. As you're aware, I've only recently sold my business. The craziness of the financial planning industry of recent years and part of my life plan was actually to get balance back in my life. I was just so stuck having so much to do that I wasn't balancing life and it's it's great to just be able to go out and get back into the gym and, and start actually prioritising my health as well. So that's my own life in transition
0: yeah and, and that's it like it's about making those changes and, and adapting that and i think as, as you just said there like it's like with financial planning that that partnership and actually having someone to keep you motivated and and going through that process and i think that's the the other key thing around the advice relationship and process is if you're working with someone that you've got that connection with you can actually then be motivated and, and have someone to go through that with as well so
1: 100 accountability is key
0: Mm, definitely what about question three now that's always a bit of a doozy isn't it question three it
1: is it's the most heartfelt question and the most emotional question but the most rewarding question so this time your doctor shocks you with the news that you have only one day left to live notice what feelings arise as you confront your very real mortality reflecting on your life and all your accomplishments as well as on all the things that will remain undone ask yourself what did i miss what did i not get to be what did i not get to do
0: Mm, big ones big ones i think again that more direct mortality thing that 24 hour question again i've had a few clients arrive at that question and go oh no i can't answer it yet and i think That's okay. You don't necessarily have to have an answer straight away to some of these questions. And I know, even for myself, I sort of look at these questions every year or every couple of years just to reset and reframe and and work out where I'm heading in life. But my answers have evolved. I've sat with them further. I've done deeper thinking with it. And your answers change over time. What do you normally see, Amanda, with with clients in that question?
1: I think travel is always a really big one in this question. But then, I often find there's real unique things that pop up in this question. I've had people that would have, I can't even think what they're called. They're a tree burial area where they plant pods. Like it's a cemetery, but they plant a pod that's with your ashes and it grows into a tree. And like to the point that they would love to set something like that up or i think i've even had someone oh i didn't have a dog and the partner say, well i didn't even know you wanted a dog travel's the biggest but the other important part is family connection and being able to spend time with their family or their grandchildren and experience those sorts of things they wish they'd done that more
0: yeah well, i see that so often with clients as well on, on that question and as you just touched on as well, working with couples, I think it's it's also okay for people to have different answers. Like definitely, I think it's it's I demand people to have different answers in in that space. I sort of say, look, don't talk about these questions together. Do it separately. Come back together and we'll talk about it because it's always about honouring the the individual within the partnership as well. I find so yeah, and, and looking at some of those things that what are you going to miss the most? What do you wish you'd been? What do you wish you'd seen? They're quite big things. So travel things like that, but also those family connections and relationship, and it's quite powerful. Yeah, definitely. And Amanda, I guess with, with the process, and again, the, you've talked about the Evoke training, and I'll put some links in the show notes as well, just with some further readings and resources. But as a financial planner, as, as someone who works with this space and with those questions, what do you do with those answers? How do you start to pull those together for people? I
1: think the important thing to realise is it's not my job to actually provide the solutions it's my job to actually work with people to find solutions and most of the time those solutions are actually it's the client and they're coming up with solutions as to how to to meet it I remember a client I remember me saying to them look you really enjoy this coffee and that was her social life so she'd meet with friends a couple of times a week to have coffee I think she was early 60s still had a bit of debt to pay And I had pointed out to her previously that once she gets to retirement age, that could be the difference of being able to even afford a coffee. And she would sat back and and really looked at it and how am I going to be able to keep this coffee? And she actually came back to me and she went and got a job as a tutor at the university as a side job just so that she could maintain the coffee and know that she'd be able to have that in retirement as well. So it's really interesting to just work through solutions and find them but with solutions that wouldn't be traditional to what a financial advisor would normally say we can't always have the answers so it's about working with them to find these solutions
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what I think the richness, and even I often say to clients, it's sort of, I feel like it's my creative space to be with clients, but it's actually just about holding a space. And you probably find it as well. You ask a few pointed questions and then just sit back. And the, the thing I love about the work that, that we get to do is that you you hold this very privileged position, but you then get to see these other human beings that you're in front of just bubble through the answers and responses and and work through it. As you say, they find their own solutions because we, we don't necessarily have the answers about someone else's life, but we can create a nice space and, and container for them to sit and explore and, and actually hold that because... Money is one of those very taboo subjects. We don't often speak about it and we don't often, especially with our, our partners, we don't often have a, a nice space that we can sit there and, and do that. So I think that's such a rich way to proceed and go through it.
1: Mm, definitely. I um, had a client only recently say to me that she had never felt so in control and understanding of her finances. And I don't think that the reason for that is probably, it's probably 80% her, 20% me. And the reason for it is because she knows what's important to her. She knows what it is that she's getting out of bed for and where she wants to head. So she's now prioritising things. I can't tell her what to spend her money on or tell her to stick to something. And I think it's just knowing that she wants to be somewhere, that she now just has such great visibility and control over her finances.
0: Mm, yeah that context uh and again I'm, I'm putting words around something that's probably more emotive and, and a feeling thing but the the context of people's life is so powerful at the end of the day so uh, i think that's um the richness of the work that we get to do and as i say that privileged position that we get to just sit with other human beings and and talk about this stuff and and sure there is a more traditional financial planning element to it in that we've got to know tax law and and those things and so obviously that comes into play but it's about getting the, the framework right to begin with. I've often had clients who've rolled into my office and you've probably seen it yourself as well, Amanda, they go, right, we need to negative gear a property. We need to put more into our superannuation. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. Awesome. You're seeing a financial planner. So you want to talk finance? And I'm like, okay, well, let's actually just sit back and we'll park that over here for a moment. But Let's actually start to talk about you and what's important to you, because again, without that context, sure, you could go and negative gear into a property or you could go and put more money into superannuation. But if you're not doing the things in life that are important to you and the things that, as you said before, that you get out of bed every morning and go, actually, I'm living a great life. Like I actually love what I'm doing. You are grinding through that day a, a very long time. So I think that's, the, again, the power of setting those frameworks and getting that set as well.
1: 100% and we also don't want to obviously go and invest 100000 and the client not tell us that they really wanted a boat and 12 months later, they tell us they want to boat and the markets down either. So it's about making sure that we're not putting them in a risky position.
0: Mm, exactly right. Exactly right. Now, Amanda, we do like to keep these episodes short and sweet. And I think, uh, again, we could have this conversation uh, for hours, probably lose a lot of listeners at the end of it. But any sort of top three tips or practices that you think are, are valuable for people if they're either starting on their money journey, or they're just resetting and, and reframing where they're going with their money at the moment?
1: Communicate with your partner. Biggest I don't work with couples unless they both turn up because it's not going to happen if you're not agreeing and setting in place what you're going to do together. Um, doesn't mean you have to do the same things, but you still have to work. Your money's got to cover both of you. So doing that's priority one. Secondly, I personally like to have a, a bit of a bucket approach for managing your money so that you're saving for the things that are important to you. So making sure that you're, you're doing that on a week-to-week basis. And that would be my second tip. Third tip is probably stay true to yourself. Don't worry about what everybody else has got. Worry about what's important
0: to you. I love it. And that is, that is so powerful, I think, as we said practice of comparison we're, we're human beings and and I think that's one of the top questions I often get asked in, in a meeting is well, well but how do we compare to other people or how much do other people spend and I'm like look I can I can give you that information sure but it isn't about other people this is this process is actually about you so if you are going through that financial planning process really important, as Amanda just said, to, to sit down and have those conversations. If you are in a, in a couple, then make sure you're having open, honest conversations with your partner about what's important to you and start to pull those things together. If you if you don't have a, a partner and you're going through a process like journal or do some of those other things to to start to map out the things that are important to you and, and, and bring the framework together. Amanda, in wrapping up, anything else uh, that you'd like to throw in there? Any other resources or um, books that you've read recently that you'd uh, say to people, have a read of?
1: Oh, definitely the seven stages of money maturity would probably be a great answer for anyone to read. It's very good on how your relationship is with money and what the things are that hold you back so would always recommend that one
0: yeah look it is it's a pretty powerful uh, book and george kinder who who wrote that I'll, I'll put a link on the show notes as well so people can check that out but it's it's a really fascinating read around the childhood experience again we're born into this financial system we start to learn habits attitudes behaviors as we evolve through it and so it's really about trying to give you some exercises and some processes to reflect on that and, and to get an understanding of yourself i think journey of self-discovery once you start it is an ongoing thing and so it's never sort of really an end game it's one of those things that you uh you keep on going through so i think that's a great book for people to check out Amanda, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been awesome to connect. And I'll put all your contact details on the the show notes as well so people can reach out if they want to ask questions and connect with you. But again, people, thanks for listening. The life stuff is so important. And so that's why, again, if you are working with a financial professional, really make sure that there's a values alignment and, and connection there. But make sure that your plan is focused on the things that are important to you. And so... Those three questions that we've talked about today are one way to engage and start to unpack that a little bit further in your life and where you're going. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode and please jump in and rate us on Apple Podcasts.